What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. It's your boy Scott here, back in the house one more time with another fantastic episode. I'm coming at you live here from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, super grateful to be with you guys today. Um, I just got off work. I just like scrambled down here to the studio real quick. So we're just like, whew, deep breath, deep breath. So this is going to be awesome. I have a fantastic guest for us tonight. Uh, so Allison uh, Pillow, I met her at a No Agenda meetup. Okay, so we know that she's totally on the level, so this is going to be super cool, and we'll get into uh, Allison, her background, and everything, but real quick, guys, I just want to tell you how you can come support the show um, if you get any value out of the show. Um, let me do this. I didn't set this up, but give me two seconds. There it is. All right, guys, so, oh, that's my one. Okay, so here we go. So, Rebunk.News, this is the website, everybody. So, uh, make sure you're, uh, let's say, I normally stream on Rockfin and Rumble. Um, Rockfin is kind of the main home. I like to steer people. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thanks to content safe, Matthew Raymer at content safe. He helps push out this show to all these other platforms, distributes it out. So if you're a content creator and you want some help getting your show more reach, uh, go to contentsafe.co or get with me and I'll put you in touch with Matthew directly. Um, we're on all podcast players. So, um, you know, if you, if you want to listen on the go, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Um, let's see. So the premium content over at the subscribe star, got a subscribe star, two subscribers, guys. Let's see if we can get to three by the end of the episode, but you know, no pressure. It's all good. Uh, I'm doing a three part series and I know I'm, I'm kind of been about a week and a half behind on the, on these, but, uh, three part series about my trip out West or out East and, and, um, dropped episode two there. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to, it's a great way to support the show. You know what I mean? Five bucks a month, um, helps keep the ship steam rolling ahead here. Um, another great way is with the t-shirt shop rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Um, this is from Big Frog T-shirts in Beaverton, Oregon, who are listeners, and they are on the level as well. And and so by purchasing a T-shirt, you're helping keep this show going, and you're supporting a local, uh, you know, red-pilled T-shirt shop in Beaverton, Oregon. So go to rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Check out all the different designs. We got like build, build, because we're all about building, guys. Compliance is violence. We are many. They are few. I see false flags. Truth wins, and uh, can't depopulate an idea. I love that one. I love that one. And then finally, guys, uh, so Truth TRS. TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Uh, great for eliminating all the heavy metals and environmental toxins that have accumulated in your body and flushes them out. So um, truthtrs.com is the website. They have a great uh, Instagram page, at uh, truthtrs. And uh, there's a FAQ here. And they also have advanced CBD and advanced fulvic. So, um, yep, check it out, truthtrs.com. All right. Now, with that... I am going to get rid of that and say hello to our guest, Allison. Allison is a fitness coach and uh, does an amazing show called uh, uh, Integrate Yourself. And she just published a book called Finally Thriving. And so I'm, we've got so much to talk about. I'm super excited about it. Allison, welcome. Thank you so much, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, really cool. So yeah, so we met up at the No Agenda meetup, I should say, in the morning, in the morning to you. This is so cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, how, how have things been going since then? Like you were telling me how you were just in the process of writing your book and, uh, now you're just, you're just crushing it now thriving, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a process of course with it, like with any book, but, um, it was a joyous process cause I felt a lot of purpose this past couple of years to, to get this information out and to help more people really, uh, get, closer to themselves and, and begin to, you know, become masters of their own minds and their own bodies and their own spirit. And so, um, I felt a, a, a deep desire to share that information with as many people as I possibly could. Cause I so wanted to awesome. help people. Awesome. <laughs> well, before we get too much into the book or the podcast, why don't you tell us just yeah. a little bit about yourself, like how you, how you started this health journey? Has it always been a passion or how did that all come about? Yeah, well, I started my health journey. Uh, I was a gymnast when I was, I started at age five. I started taking gymnastics classes. And then about a year later, I made the gymnastics team and I started doing competitive, competitive gymnastics until about the age of uh, 21. I think I, I retired at 21. 
and I had gotten a, a scholarship to college for gymnastics. I'd done it for three years, and then I decided to end on a good note because I'd gotten injured uh, so much throughout the years. So I decided to retire, um, you know, with a good year. So I, I decided to transfer to Georgia State University, and uh, my original plan was to do physical therapy, and I switched over to exercise science. Uh, cause I didn't want to spend another couple of years in college. I'd already, when I transferred, I had, um, to do two extra years. So I was like, oh my God, this is, I got to get out of school. I got to start working, you know? So, um, so I decided to do that. And, and so soon after I got into, uh, the YMCA, started working with the YMCA doing gymnastics programs and coaching. And then after that, after I had two of my kids and took some time off from work, I decided to become a personal trainer. And so that led me to the Czech Institute for Holistic Health and Nutrition Coaching. And uh, Paul checks out in San Diego, California. And uh, he has, it, it stands for Corrective Holistic Exercise Kinesiology. And I started on that path. And he had a very uh, unique mix of exercise science, uh, holistic nutrition and spirituality. He mixed all in there. And so I learned so much um, that just opened my my mind up to so much more, so much more possibility within fitness um, and really what our, our bodies are capable of. And, and uh, it brought so much more trust into my, to myself with around my body because I was uh, going to doctors and uh, getting all of these, you know, I wasn't getting much help at the time. I was dealing with some major digestive distress at that time. And they kept giving me Tums and sending me home. And I'm like, this isn't helping. It's actually making it worse. So when I switched over to organic food and I started really to focus on that aspect of my health, everything changed. And I was like, wow, there's something to this. So that began my path on, uh, on my holistic wellness journey. And from then on, I started getting into emotional uh, coaching and, and emotional intelligence and, of course, more uh, spiritual aspects of health and wellness. And that's what I bring into the book. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. So I definitely want to hear all about the book, but also your podcast is so cool. So how, how did you, I'm curious, how, do you, how does your podcast come about? And tell us a little bit about that. And then we'll get into the book. Yeah, absolutely. So I was at the time following a lot of uh, Ray Pete's work, and I was also uh, studying with Josh and Jeannie Rubin from East West Healing. And they had a very unique approach to nutrition that I felt like wasn't really being talked about at that time. And I wanted to share more of that aspect of nutrition science with people. And that's really how it started. And I started out with a co-host. So the original intention of the show is so much different than what it is now. Um, and then once I felt like I talked about nutrition and fitness enough, like that was as much as I could really like I felt like it was all that I had to share um, on, on that level. I started getting into metaphysics and more esoteric stuff and spirituality and, and bringing on guests that had um, other unique um, uh, takes and aspects on health that they could share with people. Because what I realized is, you know, health is is a journey and it's it's different for each person and how we perceive it. It's not just one way of doing things. Obviously, we have our foundational aspects of needing the proper food, needing proper rest and recovery, and then, you know, getting movement and those kinds of things and having a nice mindset around what we're doing. Beyond that, like, it, for me, it, it stopped there. And I was like, there's got to be something else. I'm so curious about what else is out there. So I started to, um, you know, bring those guests in that had these other very unique takes on health and like everything from biogeometry to, um, you know, life after death and all these things that really um, bring the subconscious into the realm of health. And that's what I also talk about in my book um, a, a lot about because I think that, um, I mean, we can start on this path, but like I've been Good. really into the MK Ultra stuff lately. I was just listening to, I think it's Kathy O'Brien on the Higher Side Chats, and she had uh, was a victim of that. And she was talking really about the trauma that she experienced 
with the, the mind control stuff. And, you know, we're all experiencing some kind of mind control on some level because we're, we're very, um, you know, we're either being manipulated through marketing or we're also being heavily influenced by other people's opinions. So on, on certain levels, we're all experiencing that. And then we experienced it very heavily this past couple of years as well. And so, um, so it got me thinking, wow, you know, this, the reason I put the uh, align your mind first in the book, because I felt like that was so important for people to get straight with first, um, start to harness the energy of the mind, start to learn how to focus really on what you want to create and own your thoughts. Cause this is really the thing that is so sacred and not, I'm really realizing so sacred for each individual is you begin to, um, really own their thoughts and, and explore those thoughts and, and think about where they've come from, reflect on that, R start, you know, writing and that with the book itself, I came to write the book and it, it was a healing process for me. And I realized that writing in itself is so healing. It really brings the subconscious in and connects it. Uh, it, it brings it in a, in a logical sense so you can write it out, but it, it connects your subconscious in with your conscious and so that you become a, con a conscious of what's behind the scenes, you know, and it's a very healing uh, a process for people. But yet we don't really write things out. We don't really reflect on things very often because often we're busy or we're in some kind of trauma response, or we're in a survival mode. So if we can, if we can slow down and really pay attention to what we're thinking about 90% of the time and start to reflect on that and maybe change our words, you know, to something that would serve us better. It's like these little things that you can change throughout the day that are pretty simple to start to retrain your brain, repattern those neural pathways so that you can move towards a more optimistic route and focus on less of the negative and more of the positive in a very authentic way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, you know, you're so right about this, this last two years or two plus years, two and a half years, we've, we've really seen just this push to psychologically manipulate the entire world, you know, one, one direction or the other. One of the things I've been like saying is that like, it doesn't matter what side you're on. They need each one of them. Like they need all the people over here, like protesting the vaccines. They need this whole group of people over here. Like, you know, uh, Portland, like burning down the courthouses and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like they need these right. factions divided. And it's like almost to the point where, you know, an exercise I've done is like, okay, so why, why do I believe what I believe? Like, that's the important, like, that's such an important thing is like, why do I fundamentally believe what I believe? Is this somebody else's thoughts? Is this somebody else's programming being delivered to me? You know, it's almost like each one of our little, uh, our, our little phones is like our own little Truman show, you know, where they like yeah. feed us, feed us. Like, like maybe I've said this for a while, like maybe I was picked out very early in this whole thing, they're like, okay, this guy's probably going to be more towards like the medical freedom side. And so they're going to deliberately like feed you enough on your Facebook or Instagram feed to get, to sway you towards that side. It's like, they could literally just steer people's consciousness in one way or, or the other, just using basic tools like that. And you can't tell me that they don't have that type of stuff at their disposal. And so it's just very interesting. You know, another way I've heard it referred to is, as, as like uh, intellectual self-defense or like spiritual self-defense, right? That's a, yeah. uh, Tony at the Grand Theft World podcast, he always talks about like, you know, reinforcing your mental uh, self-defense, like intellectual self-defense with like identifying different, you know, like, uh, like logical fallacies and things like that. But, uh, but, but what, what, what would be so if that, if that's how you're starting off the book, and I don't want to give any too many spoilers, but maybe it's just like a teaser. Like what are some of the suggestions you would give or offer for somebody who is, uh, you know, in a state of discomfort, and, and, and just, and probably due to the fact that they're just being bombarded with psychological manipulation. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would start it off with paying attention to how much distractions you have in your life and what you don't need, you know, cause, uh, even like something as simple as some kind of a, um, uh, what is it called? Like a, if an app like is constantly beeping on your phone, you know, uh, is that, you know, and, and it, it creates some kind of response. You feel it in your body. Like you got to jump up and look at it, you know, cause you hear it. It's like a, the Pavlos dog thing. You know, if that's happening, you might not need that in your life. You know, I don't even have my ringer turned on in my phone half the time. Um, and so I don't let my phone distract my life. 
in, in, as much as I possibly can. And I'll check in with it during certain parts of the day. Um, and I'll say like, what are you listening to all the time? Are you listening to things that make you very fearful or anxious? Or are you listening to things that feel really good for you, inspiring, uplifting, and um, give you hope? Because again, like if we're always hearing negative stuff all the time, you know, again, we, we want to be authentic. We want to be real about what's happening. We want to acknowledge what is. But at, and at the same time, uh, if we get into this neg negative spiral all the time, then uh, and there's no solution, then that can be also that can trap you in that uh, round that negativity spiral. So uh, that that would be first. Just think about your distractions, and then I also have a, a, a exercise on there uh, about your default mode. So everybody. You, you, at our minds all have a default mode that we go straight to. We're going to either see the glass half full or see the glass half empty half, most of the time and see where you, where you land there just without judgment, just see where you land. And then if you're using words like can't, shouldn't, wouldn't, don't all the time, those are conflict language. So it, it goes, you're, you're saying things that might go against what you're really wanting to create in your life. So you're, everything responds to that when you put that out of the out into the world, whether it's your thoughts or whether it's your words. So think about switching the, uh, flipping the switch on that and saying things like I get to, I want to, I am, or I can. So those are more architect language. Uh, and so we want to think about also just owning and being responsible for what we create with our words too with our thoughts and with what we talked about to other people, what we say about ourselves, what we say about other people, all the judgment really becomes very negative after a while. And then that brings more of that to you. So how can you begin to have less judgment first about yourself? Because that's where it really comes from. And the way we do that is we, we start to dive into and reflect on what's going on in our subconscious, you know, where those things are coming from. It, it doesn't have to be heavy work. It could just be a memory or reflection of, of something maybe from your childhood where you learned that or somebody projected something onto you or you took something that was said to you in childhood to heart. You know, those are the things that we look at as adults and we say, oh, that's, you know, I can understand that now I'm an adult, but we may not realize that that story is still running in the background of your life. So it's still running the show. So those are also some reflections that I have in my book for people in each chapter um, to reflect on and write about these, these things. Because again, writing is very powerful. And what that does is it also gets it out of your body. It gets it out of your head. And now that you, you can release it, you know, it's, it's also a release in a way. So um, it's a very healing, it can be a very simple healing process for people for sure. Awesome. And and so I've heard you kind of describe it as like inner child work. And I've heard of that term before, mm -hmm. but I've never done it. And I'm really not too familiar with it. Is that kind of what that what what you're describing there? What what would be a yeah. good uh, explanation of that, really? Yeah, this is um an approach that I learned from a woman. Her name's Roseanne Grace. And um she's the one I took talk to about the false idols and we can get into that later too. Um, she, her and I talked about that recently on one of my podcasts yep. on one of my episodes. And, um, she is a metaphysical coach and, uh, she also, she, she studied with Dolores Cannon, who was, um, uh, quantum healing technique, uh, healing hypnosis technique person who has passed since, but, um, she's kind of taken her work and made it her own and created her own way of doing things amongst like, we also met each other at the uh, journeys of wisdom, uh, emotional intent coaching intensives where I was introduced to that through JP Sears. Actually, he was one of my wow. teachers at check. That's so right. you, you tell me that you had JP on yeah. back before it blew up, huh? I did. Yeah. He got oh, real yeah. famous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but he was my first teacher at, at the oh, Czech cool. Institute. And then he introduced me to journeys of wisdom. And then I kind of met my soul family there and I've been in touch with almost all those people ever since. And, um, so that's where Roseanne and I met and we learned our inner child work there. And then we took the inner child work. We look, we learned there and, and she also changed it a little bit and, and then taught it to me and I use it that way too. And it's a way to approach child, um, 
the child, the inner child without judgment, without revisiting the pain, because it's not necessary to revisit the pain. The, the um, child, which is really a representation of our subconscious, which you can connect to a lot easier than you can through an abstract idea of subconscious. If you think about it as your inner children, then it's more loving. You can connect with that part of yourself much easier. And then um, acknowledge what they, what they need, uh, meet your inner child's needs and very simply, and then um, acknowledge that. And, and many times it's very simple, very easy. The message is very clear. And once you can do that, you can liberate them and then they can play. And then it's a way of reparenting yourself because time is not what we think it is. It, it, things can be healed at any point in time. It's not, um, it's, it just doesn't work the way we think it. We can heal anything from our past um, at any point in our lives. So it's, it's all accessible. It just, you know, because we have, I'm going to get a little woo woo here, but we have yeah. these, like, <laughs> we have these energy bodies that are limitless, right? They, there's really no limits to our energy bodies. Of course, our physical bodies have limitations as far as we know, or for what we, we, we have been taught, you know, um, but you know, your energy body is pretty much it has unlimited potential. So you have the ability to heal through your energy body and by connecting with your subconscious. And then you can kind of rewrite your own history in a way. It's pretty cool, you know? So yeah. that's where how we jump from parallel reality to parallel reality, as uh, Von Galt talks about, if you've, if you've heard of her. She's also a friend of mine, and she taught me about parallel realities. And, and you know, you can jump timelines when you are if you heal a part of your past, then you're on an another timeline, right? It's kind of yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That'd be yeah. literally, literally. Yeah. If you can at least yeah. reconcile your past. So, I mean, so with me, like I've, I've kind of got a weird, I guess I'll just share a little bit. Like I, I, uh, you know, so I'm a person that's in, in recovery. I talk about it a lot on the show, just like from substance use, you know, I've got like many, many years clean and sober. And it's a big part of my life, you know, being involved in the recovery community and I actually worked as a drug and alcohol counselor for a few years out in Oregon, until they, you know, tried to inject me with some experimental stuff and I had to walk or I was actually let go because of that. But long story short, you know, being a person that's in recovery, being a person who's in the recovery community, you know, I hear all these horrible stories of like people who've just had the most insane, like just the most devastating childhoods I've ever heard in my life. You know what I mean? And you know that and it's like, well, you know, that makes sense why you eventually became, you know, addicted and all this stuff, right? It makes a lot of sense. And for me though, it's like kind of the opposite. I always kind of like had this weird like guilt because I had a fantastic childhood, very loving parents. I had like this wonderful family upbringing and I have no complaints at all. And to me, I'm just like, well, what the hell is wrong with me? You know? And it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. almost like my complaint being that like, well, that, I attribute a lot to the fact that like my parents were too overprotective and it's like, I, like I was like kept in a cage. I couldn't even watch rated R movies all the way through high school. And then the second I got my first taste of freedom, poof, just off to the races. Right. So you know, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like I have this like weird shame about like sharing my story and recovery because it's like, what am I going to say? Oh, my parents loved me too much sort of thing. And it's like <laughs> with all these people that are just like, bro, like you have no idea. So it's this weird conundrum where it's like, I almost like feel guilty about having a good childhood and it, I don't have any explanation for all of the crazy stuff that's happened in my adult life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I can relate to that because yeah. my, I, my childhood, it wasn't traumatic. I had these and I actually have a chapter in the book called Acknowledging Trauma, and it's not for revisiting the pain of trauma. It's just by just saying, hey, you know, all these experiences, if you took something to heart as a kid, that's considered a, a you know, if you're, if you're holding that story into your subconscious, that's some trauma to be resolved. That's a story that needs to still be resolved, whether it was a really terrible trauma or not as not as perceived as 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 bad. It's really how you experienced it when you're younger. So, for example, if you had lack of choice, like I had the same thing, I felt a little stifled in my choice making. Uh, that can lead into how you um, how you experience life as an adult. 
um, maybe how you ha- how you do relationships, how you uh, receive abundance, how you receive money in your life, that can translate heavily into that those aspects of your life. And then you're thinking, what am I doing wrong? Why why do I have these blocks in my life? And so those are ways that you can acknowledge your own trauma in a way that can resolve it. Because you know that's why I thought that uh, Kathy O'Brien's story was really interesting because she has been through some major trauma, and I know other people in my life that have been through some really heavy stuff. Yeah, me too. But what she was saying was like the same thing. Like it's just really bridging the gap between the subconscious and the conscious, bringing the subconscious into the conscious, no matter what it is. And that, and and it's, again, there's no judgment. It's just, it's just whatever your experience was, was, was how you experienced it. And so acknowledging that, and that's a part of healing your relationship with your inner children, acknowledging that, okay, they matter, they're important, and um, you see them, and and you, you, you're meeting their needs uh, by, by resolving that. And sometimes it can just be writing something out, writing a story out, and then and then voicing it very slowly, breathing it in and, and, and integrating it into your being. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated, but those things that you're mentioning, Scott, are, are very important to pay attention to. And sometimes it can be confusing, like you say, because you're like, I don't feel like I experienced anything bad. And, and you didn't, it sounds like, but maybe there were things that you just either misunderstood as a kid or took to heart, like I said, and, and that could be misconstrued and it could be forming your beliefs and your stories as an adult. So it's just paying attention to some of those things and how you're responding in your adulthood um, to, you know, even just outside influences. It can be a game changer for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It's like how you experience it. Like, you know, as, as a kid, yeah. You know, it's just like, well, you know, whatever, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel, I sometimes feel like I just, it's just invalid. Like I just don't even like, it's like, just, just don't even share this stuff at meetings and stuff like that. It's crazy. I just, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing, but yeah. uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, so let's see here. So another thing I've heard you talk about that I really wanted to know more about is the idea of, uh, how emotions can be stored in your body, like physically. I've heard like people talk about like frequency work, that sort of stuff. But uh, like, what, what what do we mean when we talk about how emotions can be stored physically in our body? Yeah, I think there's a book called Your Body Knows the Score, I think, or something like that. There was some research done about this and um, they found that, uh, you know, emotions are stored in the body and in the form of restriction in certain areas of the body. So if you have, and I just actually talked to a woman recently that I just, uh, the podcast just episode just went live this week with Julia Blackwell, who is a fascial expert. And she talks about this too, with people she sees, uh, for fascial release and, you know, it, it, our fascia is our connective tissue. It's also electromagnetic and it stores, emotions in, in that connected, you store emotions in your connective tissue because they're sending signals to your body about your outside world, about what's going on and, and what, you know, if you need to, if you need to run, if you need to do whatever, you know, or you need to relax and eat, you know, those are, it's sending you all these signals. And so sometimes we perceive something or have an emotion and we're not, maybe we're not crying or not really letting it out or we're stuffing it down because we don't want to voice our opinion or really stand up for ourselves in that moment or set our boundaries. Um, and you know, that gets, that gets really, um, repressed in the body. And over time it can create postural issues. It can create restrictions in the body. It can create pain. And, uh, I've also noticed in my own practice that when, uh, some of my clients start moving for the first time, or they do a simple hip lift or something, they start crying because they're releasing those emotions in that, that chakra energy center area. So, um, you know, every, you know, and it, and it does that for a reason because, you know, your body wants to keep you safe and, but really it's, it's best how if moving forward to get rid of the emotional baggage, I think. And so to clear all of that, and I give an example of an energy clearing for people that can be really helpful on a day-to-day basis because you can also pick up stuff from other people, which is inevitable. And, uh, 
And so that gets into your energy field and sometimes, you know, um, affects your mood or your emotion. Our emotions can also be affected by how well we're taking care of our body. Uh, you know, are we regulating our blood sugar properly? Are we moving enough? Are we laughing enough? Are we playing enough? You know, all these things to take care of ourselves. Are we, are we sleeping enough? You know, are we hydrating enough? Hydration is really important, especially for restrictions in the body. Um, I remember doing an, a holotrophic breathwork session that just blew my mind back in March. And I literally could feel like this energy. I guess it was like, I don't know if it, I would describe it as a Kundalini energy because I haven't really experienced that before, but it was like this heated energy that came like up all the way. And then like from the lower area to like my throat. And then just, I just voiced some things, you know, and it was like, you know, at the time I just needed to express some screaming because I had suppressed that when I was going through labor and, um, some, and some other things like I, it, it was a journey. It was a trip, let me tell you. But, um, yeah, it took me out of my body, took me into that point in my life. And then it also took me into when I was a baby too. I went to both like spectrum ends of oh. the, uh, so, and I was able to voice on both ends and I was like, Whoa, that was, that was amazing. And so I just felt a huge release in my body after that. And I felt that energy. So if you, you know, it, it, that was a weekend where we really prepared for something like that, but you know, breath work can always be great for feeling how the energy moves in your body too, because that is something, uh, you know, your body doesn't want to hold that in really but it will hold it in as long as you want to hold it in, you know, uh, as long as you want to contain it. But in the long run, I found that it doesn't really serve me to do that because I can't then accept new things in my life or new opportunities if I'm holding all this old stuff in or I'm not expressing myself. So that's why in the book, I really talk a lot about how you can express yourself healthily. And I think that's what we're stepping into this new uh, way of being creative in life, you know, and in, in a way that really serves our health and it serves our healthy expression. Um, we're seeing all of these um, kind of like uh, things the past couple of years, like this boomerang effect of what happened prior and people are kind of almost throwing up on each other and really reacting, you know, the past couple of years. And it's, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's crazy. So, <laughs> It really, I think if you learn how to just clear the gunk out and like, as Von Galt says, clear your, clear the, um, the garbage out of the consciousness and then, you know, start to become a clear vessel for channeling, uh, your energy and, uh, you know, because we're, where we're going, we don't need that old baggage because, all the old programming that we've been using before is fading away. And so we're moving into a new paradigm where we are actually going to have to create a new reality. That's why it feels so unknown for everybody, because it is unknown. We don't know yet what's being created. We're creating it in real time. So it's very important for you to get clear on what you'd like to create. So that's why I wrote the book, too, is like, let's clear our minds. Let's get focused. Let's connect with our body because it's really important to connect with our own body's technology and really appreciate that for what it is, the, like the magnificence that our bodies really are. It's our vehicle perception and, you know, it is our truly our temple that we're living in. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're learning how to use our intuition and listen to our spirit and go into deeper aspects of our subconscious and clear that out too. So, and then you learn to trust yourself more and you're not as influenced by everything else. And you can truly get clear on what you'd like to create. And I feel like if more people get into that mode and we all start, you know, getting there together, then we can create something really beautiful. Um, but it's going to be completely new. And as you you probably know, there's two, there's a couple ways that it could go, I guess. Maybe the realities will split off. I really don't know. But all I know is important for people to really get close to knowing themselves so that they can become a clear vessel for what they want to create for sure. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that. I love that. So um, when you embarked on your journey of writing the book, right? So well, one of the things I know about like creative writing or just writing in general is that you generally don't end up in the same place maybe you set out to go to. Like it kind of takes you on a journey like you kind of described like you you unlock some things maybe from your subconscious did did the process of writing the book lead to uh some some un, unknown things or did things pop up or did did it did it take you to a place that you didn't necessarily expect um or what was that journey like 
Yeah. So really, I I mean, I uncovered some stories that were in my subconscious that I was aware of, but I did not realize how much they were running this, the show Mm -hmm. for me. And, you know, these stories that were playing in the background that I was still reacting from. And it really made me a lot more aware of that. And as I became aware of these stories that I wrote out from childhood, thinking there weren't a big deal, um, like people go through way much more, you know, this isn't a big deal. Um, I was like, oh, actually, it was a big deal to me. <laughs> so that's valid, right. you know. And yeah. I, I learned that and I thought, well, OK, I'm going to this is really awesome that I can see this. But and also hopefully it helps other people not discount their own their own experience of what they what they what happened when they were kids too, and just think it and just brush it under the rug because it, you know, it's our formative years. It's how we form our perception as adults, but yet we don't really realize the power in that and how that creates, um, you know, what we're experiencing now. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, what, what would you say, what was your favorite part of the book? My favorite part of the book is the listening to your spirit part. It's, 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 uh, I love to talk about all those different perspectives that I have in there. And, um, a lot of it was also, um, really inspired by what was happening this past couple of years and what I saw people doing and hating on each other. And I thought, uh, we need, why don't we start, why don't we begin learning how to love again, love, and it starts with you and, and then we can understand where other people are coming from because I was seeing that people weren't even asking the question or getting curious about where someone's coming from. Even if you don't agree with them, maybe just ask a question because it could have been something that they they could feel this way because something they experienced. It might be something you could get curious about. Maybe you'll learn something from it. Um, maybe you still won't agree with it, but you'll just understand where they're coming from a little bit more. So I think that's where we you know, I was, I wanted to help people. I want to give people the skills to be able to navigate their own relationship with themselves and which translates to everybody else. And, um, and so that was also, it was also a way for me, I hadn't talked about much of this stuff, uh, very much because I'd been a fitness trainer for a long time, seeing people one-on-one, not, you know, doing all this work myself and talking to close friends about it, but not really, talking to a large audience about how to do this. And it's very practical energy, energy work that I had learned and it worked so well. I figured, well, anybody can do this. I should just help people with this and, and share my experience of, of, um, you know, how I connect with my energy body as well, because your energy body, um, which is many bodies, but it, we'll call it the subtle energy body. I just call it the subtle energy body in the book, just to keep it simple. Um, it translates into what you're experiencing physically. So your physical body is the last and it's the most dense aspect of you. So whatever, you know, whatever is happening in the energetic body is going to take time to come in and, uh, and manifest as the physical. And so, um, you know, if you're feeling a lot of things as your, as your energy body, as, as your energy changes, or you're changing a belief or perception about something, or, you know, or uh, getting some kind of enlightened idea or these kinds of things or seeing things differently. And then you start feeling bodily changes. I mean, I'm not saying don't go to your doctor, but, but definitely, you know, it could be an energetic shift, you know, which I've experienced too. And, and usually it lasts for about a day and then it goes away. But, um, yeah. And so maybe your alignment gets better. I've been doing a lot of vocal toning, which has translated into, you know, my structure and my body has changed. My alignment in my spine has changed because I'm using sound, uh, a vibration to realign my spine. And, um, and that also, you know, if you do your vocal toning on the chakras, that also works in that, those areas too. So we know through somatics that sound changes structure, you, you know, it, it makes it, creates form. And so that's going to do the same in your body. And so you can use your own voice as a sound healing tool, right? Which -hmm. is very simple and accessible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Love that. Uh, so let's see here. So, uh, the companion course, that's a really cool little addition to the book, right? So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I, I, I took the most important aspects of the book that I felt like people could integrate in a group setting with lots of support. It's a 12-week um, <clears throat> it's a twelve week course and coaching program. We do a, go, a group coaching uh, session every week, and um, it's just providing support for people to go through uh, the, the integration process of the book, basically. And so we... Uh, we first start with a mind for the first couple of weeks and um, go through that and go through some journal prompts and those kinds of things. And I answer questions as well at the end of the week. And then uh, we go through after that, the food, cleaning up your food, also cultivating a relationship with your food, which I <clears throat> think is so important. We, we tend to think about, you know, just those the aspects of what to eat, but we don't think how to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. So the experience of eating, like, are you eating in a quiet setting? Is it, <clears throat> are you in a sacred, nice, relaxed setting? Are you connecting with the farmers in your community? Do you know who grows your food? Are you um, having that farmer's market experience? Are you, you know, and those kinds of things, uh, you know, how can you connect with your food? Can you grow it in your backyard? Like all these different ways that we can connect with our food without worrying about what it, you know, the, the minute, uh, you know, uh, details about what we're eating and if it's going to, if we're going to lose weight from that and stuff. I'm not saying that trying to lose weight is not important, but there's also a lot of things beyond that, that affect how we, what we eat too. And so if we can, I just think it's really important right now because we've been so disconnected from our food sources that, oh, yeah. um, you know, to, to start to bridge that gap again and begin to cultivate a, a new relationship with it again, because we've just gotten so far from it and people don't understand, uh, what monocropping really means for the mm. earth too. It's, it's really destroying the earth in many ways. That's what's destroying it. And so getting back to supporting people who are per in permaculture and uh, regenerative farming and those kinds of things. And there, there's many people in Oregon and I know in Tennessee, oh, yeah. in Georgia, those areas that you can connect with um, really all over. And I think that's really important to, to do that. Oh, that's so huge. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like not only, not only are just the, you know, the, the food just garbage, but the food that is kind of naturally grown. And then the animals that eat that food are there. All the nourishments have been completely removed from the soil. And it's just like, it's yeah. just like generationally, we're just losing more and more nutrients. And it's just like, I don't even know what we're going to turn into, you know, several generations from now. It's very, very alarming, but <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. it is. But I yeah. think that I, um, I've heard that, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, I don't know if this is true, but I just heard this guy talking about this the other day that they're closing down the GMO factories, I, like factory wow. farming areas. I don't know. I mean, I, that's what well, I heard. Well, they're burning them down. I mean, they're, that, okay, burning, the, them they're burning them down. And I don't know <laughs> if that, that has something to do with clearing that stuff out and, and creating a new paradigm with it. But um, I thought, yeah, he, he mentioned that that's what was happening. I was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Okay. Huh. I know. I had somebody mention that too. Like maybe somebody that's yeah. not completely in this world very much, but like somebody uh -huh. made the observation when I pointed out that all these food processing plants are burning down. They're like, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's the good guys doing it. I'm I like, mean, are they factory oh, farming yeah. places? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It sounds yeah. like, like, like maybe yeah. perhaps, like proce food huh. processing plants. Right. So like yeah. maybe it is the good guys. I don't know. I don't it's know. interesting <laughs> yeah. how things are playing out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And everyone's like, everyone's like freaking out the baby food shortage. It's like, you really want your baby yeah. eating that stuff? Like what's going on? It's Maybe all soy. I mean, it's not good anyway. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, yeah. that's what I thought too. People will find a way there's, you can make your own formula very easily. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, some people who can't breastfeed, but, uh, are women and, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I mean, there's ways to get around. We're very creative people. That's why, yeah. you know, that's tap it. into creative creativity. This is the time. This is the time to, you know, be resourceful. We have this ability. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, a lot of what we're seeing in the world, like the old paradigms and the old systems are collapsing and crumbling and forcing us into a new paradigm and forcing us to build our own. And so, you know, I try to extract the good out of all of this as much yeah. as physically possible. And that's actually one of the things I had written down to ask you um, is, you know, on just on the idea of thriving, like I personally, and, and throughout all the darkness of the last two and a half years, I have never thrived more than I ever have in the last couple of years. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Like you have done some huge things in the last couple of years, you know, yeah. 
feel like there's two types of people in the world. There's people who collapsed under the weight of the fear that was pressed upon us. And there are those who just thrived more than ever. What do you, what do you attribute that to? I think it's because the rubber hit the road. You know, why would we want to change if we don't have to, you know? (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to be made, I wasn't going to change anything if it, if things hadn't happened that way, I would have kept doing what I was doing, which was staying busy and going and running from gym to gym to help clients one-on-one and keeping myself small. And, you know, it's, it's, and not never putting myself out there. So this was an opportunity to start to play on a, you know, to give more than I ever had, I, I would say. And uh, it, just because I had seen what was happening and and like most of us is, it was disturbing and we felt like we needed to, you know, do something. And so uh, I, th- and I also think that it's, you know, if you don't use your, your spiritual muscle, if you, you never have, see, this is the thing, like we hear all these things being said by these uh, sages and gurus all the time. We're like, oh, that's, a, that's a great thought. You know, that's a really, that's neat, but you don't really know it until you integrate it. And this is a great opportunity to start integrating it and testing some of this stuff out. And that's what I've been doing the couple, the past couple of years, really testing it out. Like, can I really begin to create my own reality? Can I jump from parallel reality to parallel reality? Can I notice these shifts in my life? Um, you know, that's kind of the fun part. And I think it's really bringing the magic back into, into our lives in a way, because it's giving us a chance to uh, empower ourselves and to use all these gifts that we haven't been using. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, so you touched on a couple of things there that I really like. So the, the idea of uh, integrating, you know, that's the name of your podcast, integrate yourself. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've heard you kind of, uh, describe that in a few different ways, but what would be your characterization of, um, what it means to be integrated? And that kind of leads into the false idol thing because I, yeah. the way you described it was uh, a way that I hadn't thought of it before. So I was really impressed with that. So what, what would be your summary of like becoming integrated or how to integrate yourself? Or- yeah, it's, it, it's really about practicing it and yeah. experiencing it. It's about experiencing it really. Um, and, and owning that experience and, so, like I said earlier, many people talk about these things and a lot of actual motivational speakers and people in that field talk about it, but they haven't fully integrated everything they're talking about. So uh, while some of them may have nefarious ideas and, and intentions there, which is also part of it, um, others may just not have that so much, but they just may not have fully integrated that in themselves. They either don't practice what they preach or you know, they still have some subconscious baggage that they're, they're needing to clear. So, you know, there's no judgment about that. It's just, I've learned how to create discernment around it so that I don't, I just can see it for what it is, you know, and acknowledge what is and not put people up on a pedestal like they know more because everybody's doing the best they can. But, you know, um, I think that's what we really is, uh, being called for right now is this higher level of discernment because before we could just kind of assume that if someone's saying these are doing it and they're, you know, they know what they're talking about, but in this day and age, that's not necessarily the case. And so um, it really benefits you. I mean, we're all, you know, and, and maybe you follow somebody and you learn something from that, or you take their class and you learn something from that, you still get something from it. But in order, you know, maybe you want to not experience that and you want to just experience it from someone who walks the walk, you know, and talks the talk and is authentic in that way. And so I I discern between I do as much discernment with that as I can in my own life so that I can get clear on where people are at. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So like the context that we've been talking about on the show, the idea of like the false idol is like just more of like a macro perspective, kind of like, you know, a conspiratorial kind of like viewpoint where it's like, we look at all these characters that get propped up in culture or in media that become like, you know, this, this enigma. Right. And then just by attacking that individual, like a great example is like Trump, right. The Donald Trump type character, right. Where you build up this, this, this idol that has like, you know, a whole segment of the population, either hating him or loving him. And then you can really steer the whole attitude of the entire populace just by Tr- you know transmuting or f- just doing something with that one character you know yeah. and then 
it's such a weird thing to witness, you know, and I don't, it's I didn't so really weird. have words to describe it at the time, but now looking back, you know, I've had other, you know, people on, we've talked about this. I'm like, yeah, that's so crazy. And so now I'm really aware of the idea of the, uh, the false idol. Right. And so now you can kind of see it again on the macro perspective, things like the Elon Musk thing, where it's like, Oh, I see what's happening here. They're trying to build a false idol and they're going to get everybody. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, don't just jump in, you know, with, with, oh, he's, he's for good. You know, you know, it's everybody, there's an in-between, you know, it's, there's a gray area here. So it takes some nuance to understand what's happening. It's, it's not black and white anymore. Like you can't just say, oh, it's either this or that the duality of, of life is changing rapidly and we're getting into this gray area right now because there's a lot that's transitioning. And so, uh, you don't have to like jump on the bandwagon and, and hope that someone saves the day. Um, you just observe what's happening. So that's interesting. Well, huh, let's see what happens with that. I don't know. I have some weird feelings about it. Like something's off about it, you know, just start to notice some of these things that doesn't sound right. You know, like something's not right about that, but, um, yeah, I think that is a great example. And, and yes, there are some people that are, um, that, aren't here for good and just want to sway people. They just Mm. feed off of negative energy and they want people to be in fear and they want people to, um, you know, they want to feed off that, uh, that I guess fear off of people, but you know, there's that, there's that reality. But again, you know, maybe they're here for a purpose too. They're here to trigger people to, to step up, you know, and step up to the plate. Like yeah. it's time for us to actually take responsibility and stop trying to wait for someone to save us. Really. You know what I mean? So you 100%. can't save, you can only save yourself, you know? So let's just start there. That's, that's exactly it. You just, you just nailed yeah. it. I just made a note to make sure to cover that because that's, that's hundred percent it right there. There's literally nobody coming to save you folks. I hate to break it to you. I hate to, to be the bearer of bad news. If you're waiting for the, if you're like, just kind of, like, okay, all I got to do is hold on until the 2024 election and then everything will be fine after that. Like, no, you guys, no, that's not, that's yeah. not how this works. That's not how this works. No one's coming to save you. And it's this, this inward work. That's the most important. And I have a long ways to go with the internal spiritual stuff. The recovery that program that I work is very rooted in spirituality and, and, you know, carrying out spiritual principles. There's a lot of stuff that I do in this, in this, but, but a lot of the stuff that you talk about, I'm like, man, like I just. I don't even know where to begin with all that. You know, I mean, I've tried to deliberately yeah. meditate, you know, that that's something that I, I could do better at, but, but stuff like that, but I got a lot of work to do and I'm the first one to mention, but I'm also taking a lot of individual responsibility as well. Like I'm really, you know, I just did a very bold move. I'm working very hard to network with other people locally, like, like all that stuff, the internal work, but also securing your surroundings and, 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 and that these are both like pieces of the puzzle. And, uh, right. you know, it's, it's very, very important to just to do that now because like literally no one's coming to save us. You know? No. And, and also, okay. So as you begin to, um, gain integrity within yourself, you can start seeing uh, the integrity in others and if it's mm-hmm. there or not. And what I found was, okay, why do we keep expecting these politicians and these, these people that are in the spotlight to have integrity and to be these like great people when they haven't really displayed that they're, they're not role models. They're not healthy people. They're actually, there's no, nothing. There's nothing there that tells me that these people are somebody I need to listen to or, you know, so again, ask yourself those questions. Uh, Why am I, why am I even thinking about these people as telling, you know, as being authority figures or saving me? Because, um, many oftentimes they, they aren't, they aren't, they're lacking integrity big time. And there's, so they don't have the wholeness within this They're segmented. And they're also, they're also probably not healed, you know, and not integrated. <laughs> no, far so. from it. Far from it. They could all, yeah. like, they all need to start listening to your podcast. You probably just need to <laughs> Get them copies of the, your book for Christmas and just be like, look, guys, come on, read this and get back to me. Maybe then maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. But, uh, you know, it's it's exciting times, too, though. You know, I, I, I'm sure you feel that as well. Like like there's I have so much hope. Like, don't don't you have a lot of hope right now? I do. I do. But just because, um, you know, it, it's. It's kind of like the metaphor. It gets darkest before the dawn. Absolutely. So 
I, I feel like, yes, we have to go through this. We have to go through this push to, to be pushed to take responsibility fully for ourselves on all levels, all aspects of ourselves, all dimensions of reality. And it goes deep. And again, if you're kind of getting into this, you're a beginner into all this stuff, it's okay. Just take it one step at a time. You can get my book. It'll help you go through the motions. It's very simple, very practical steps to help you integrate all of this. But, um, it's just, it just comes down to you, uh, healing those parts of yourselves that are, that are not integrated yet, or that are, you know, uh, disconnected from you. And we're bringing it all into the, you know, it's kind of like Humpty Dumpty putting all his pieces back together again, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's, it's purposeful, you know, it's purposeful because again, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have uh, taken this next step in our evolution if we aren't forced to do it, if we aren't called to do it in this way. So, um, we are definitely, I mean, this, con- our consciousness is changing. I've, I've talked to so yeah. many people and, uh, these new energies are coming in and, you know, and it's an upgrade in our consciousness. Every time these new energies come in, every time somebody, when you heal yourself as well, I want to just share that you're healing everybody. So, um, we, you know, it's, so we're all connected from, source. And so, you know, when you, when you create, when you heal a program within yourself, especially a a program, a collective consciousness program, it heals instantly everybody else. And it changes, you know, your timeline. If hopefully people can follow me on this, I know that sounds really crazy, but that's, that's what I'm learning is uh, we're going to start stepping into these bigger aspects of energetics within what we're, what we have access to. We've been in the 3d world for for a while. And, and, um, we're stepping out of that with the age of Aquarius and we're starting to understand how our energetic bodies can navigate this too, uh, which we haven't really been exposed to as much before, but it's, we're learning. And so that's the transition we're taking here. Yeah, absolutely. I I love the idea of the timeline. Like that's such a fascinating thing. I actually had a moment Uh yesterday. I had it, I had a, I was going on somebody else's show yesterday. Shout out to Billy Ray Valentine, infinite fringe podcast. But anyway, I was waiting on his show and he had some, uh, they were installing a floor at his house. And so we had, we were going to go at 3 PM and then I showed up for the call and there was, they were still like sawn and hammering. He's like, Hey bro, I'm sorry, but can we push it like an hour or something like that? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So like, I'm like, I'm just going to go for like a walk. So I went for a walk around here, downtown Franklin, Tennessee, which is like the most like cute little, just amazing historic, like civil war type town ever dude. It's fascinating. And, and I was just walking around like, and I'm just like, okay, how did I get in? And I didn't, I didn't use the word timeline. I wasn't thinking in that context. I'm just like, how did I get here? How is this my life now? This is so insane. Like, this is so (laughs) insane. Like the version of me a year ago, like literally the version of me a year ago, probably around the same time I met you at Portland, like just like, man, like, like, I can't even believe I jumped to this timeline of all the timelines, man. I'm just like in awe and just in shock and just an immense gratitude. It's just insane. I don't even know. <laughs> it's crazy. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. See, you're, yeah, you're doing, you're doing it. You're making choices that are honoring you and, and moving towards that. And those are really the first steps into creating that reality. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, you, I mean, I feel like you're just on this amazing timeline as well. Like um, the last thing I just wanted to cover real quick is just uh, you know, pure energy wellness. Uh, Cause I know you have like, these are, you have like your, your book, the podcast, and then pure energy wellness. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So this is my coaching business that I've been doing for close to 20 years now. And um, it's holistic fitness and nutrition coaching. And, you know, I have a, a full client load. I see people weekly and, really work with them uh, as a body consultant, really at this point, helping them with um, a lot of time. I help people bridge the gap between uh, being with a physical therapist or their chiropractor and then getting back into real life and either like, or an activity that they really want to do back into a sport they want to do too. Um, So uh, I work with people with that as well as just performance training, functional movement, those kinds of things, uh, just to get the best out of their body and also just help them with their own body's technology of of healing and regeneration that comes very natural and things that we haven't really been taught. But, um, you know, I talk about some of that in my book, too, and, and how even just nose breathing actually can change your brain. It can change your metabolism. Um, we just have access to all this stuff that we, we haven't been taught. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we had a couple yeah. people hanging out in the chat with us, Sarah, Sarah, thank you for the tip. And she said, uh, 
that she you have a new listener now. She'll be checking out your podcast. So oh, thank you. <laughs> Scotty hanging tough in the chat. What's up, Biscotti? So yeah, guys. Uh, so awesome, awesome. You you're up to so much. I love it. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. There was one more thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah, so, sure. You, uh, heard you mentioned that now you've got an audio book coming out, audio book version of it. So what yeah. was that? I'm just like as like an audio engineer, kind of audio editing nerd type of guy. Like, what was that process like? How, did you have just tons of fun, or what, what was it like? It it was fun. It was tedious too. You know, it yeah. was a, a little bit of both. Um, so I had this studio near my house about five minutes away and I uh, worked with a, a sound engineer and he, I couldn't have done it without him. And he, uh, I recorded it. It took me probably a month or a month to a month and a half to record it. And then the editing process took a lot longer. So I had to sit in there with him as he edited it. So it was, we kind of did it like a team and I had to make sure all the words were correct and reading it as he listened and and then we would make changes as but that you know you have to schedule the time in the studio so sometimes they don't have it available and so it just gets drawn out and we just finished it um a couple weeks ago and it looks like it it could take anywhere from a week to a month they say to get it distributed on audible so hopefully by the end cool. of june or the middle of june it'll be up yeah awesome Awesome. Super exciting. So, all right, yeah. well, shoot, Allison, we'll tell everybody with all the stuff you got going on, where, where would you like people to go to get more? Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Uh, um, this has been great. It's really been great to catch up with you too. Yeah. Um, finally thriving is the book website and you can find my podcast on there. You can find, uh, some exercises that go with the book, some meditations as well. And you can also find my podcast there too. And integrate yourself as well as uh, pureenergypdx.com is my coaching website. Um, and I have a link to the Finally Thriving program on both of those. And this is my new group coaching program that I'm going to be starting this summer. Uh, and so if you're interested in that, just contact me. We can set up a call and then I'll give you all the details and get you signed up if it feels like a good fit. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. It's so cool. All right. Well, Allison, shoot. Thank you so much for coming on. This is super cool. Um, I, I feel like, you know, with a lot of these conversations I have, I always leave feeling, okay, I got some work to do. I got some work to do. So I got some work to do. I got some <laughs> reading to do. That's what it is. I got the Kindle version of the book. So I'm going to, I'm going to figure something out here. So well, let me I'll, know if you need any help or any, if you have any questions, I'm happy to help you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. This okay. has been great. Thank you. Bye-bye.